I feel so lonely because I am thinking maybe I am no okay, I am not doing good, but still I am trying. I honestly do not, I honestly cannot afford mentally to go back to another lockdown. Welcome to The Kind Place, a new podcast series brought to you by the British Red Cross and On Our Radar. One in five people in the UK say they often or always feel lonely, and one in three say they have not had a meaningful conversation with someone in the last week. The pandemic is making this worse. In this six-part series, people experiencing loneliness get together to discuss what it actually means to be lonely, what it feels like, how it comes about, and what they're doing to get through it. In this episode, we hear from Amtul, a refugee from India living in Bradford, and Ore, an MBA student from Nigeria living in Newcastle. This is the first time they've spoken to each other. My name is Ore. I'm from um, Nigeria. I came into England uh, in February. My name is Amtul and I am from India and I came in UK 2013 and I was an asylum seeker and in 2018 I got refugee status and I I got three daughters. Should I go first? Yeah, no problem. Can you remember a certain time or time of the year where you feel lonely? I think I I felt more uh, lonely when there is a dark weather start is a dark everywhere. I am living here nearly eight years now, but still I felt three o'clock, four o'clock in the winter. Like yeah. my life is finished. <laughs> yeah. So it's too lonely. Still you feel you need some friends, things, and it's really hard. I'm a student of our University of Sunderland, currently in my MBA. I came to England right before the virus, the pandemic. Okay. So I've not even settled down. I didn't meet anyone. I didn't make friends. I didn't make friends in school. I didn't um, I didn't build relationships, you know, and I'm a really social person. So I didn't get to build relationships with people in, in Newcastle or even in Sunderland. I didn't have people I could just text, you know, or, or call randomly that, hey, what's up? You know, all the people I knew were in Nigeria. Anytime I eat something with um, just little peppers, scotch bonnet or something, instantly I remember jollof rice, which is like our signature food in Nigeria. And once I remember jollof rice, the only thing I can think about is home. Like no matter how much of a bad mood I can be in, once I taste something very, very hot and spicy, I have to laugh. For me, I am just missing my mother when she was cooking for me and unfortunately she died in 2017 and some when i saw some uh, women they are making food there for their children and that time i am missing that taste the smell she was making the food even i can make food but not like that because if you <laughs> someone make for you you feel so good yeah so i was yeah. missing that taste I was supposed to get married in first of all last year. Then we decided to get married in September. 
But because of um, when the COVID pandemic started, we decided to just move it a bit further, which is um, October. And just like an Indian wedding, a Nigerian wedding is like usually very huge, if you know what I mean. <laughs> so when the government now announced that we can only have 15 people, yeah. oh my God, it was just like, why should I even get married, <laughs> you know? And then now coupled with the fact that it seems like we might be going to a lockdown again. I honestly do not, I honestly cannot afford mentally to go back to another lockdown. For me, it's the whole pandemic time was so isolated. And sometimes I also like to go somewhere and you, uh, you have to wear masks, things. and Yeah, I was, there was a day I was walking to the bus stop and there was this lady, she was wearing a mask and I was wearing a mask too, of course. And then, um, you know, she looked at me. We've, I don't know her from anywhere, but she looked at me and she said, this, this mask is really getting everyone's mood down. Like, wearing a mask as a way of dampening your mood. For fresh air, you know, going in your... Yeah. Rooms, and you feel so moody and things. What does loneliness mean to you? Um, well, I would say loneliness means um, not necessarily being alone, because I believe you could you could be with someone and she feel lonely. I, yeah. I, I think loneliness to me would be a state of feeling out of out of place, a state of feeling you're not where you would like to be physically. Lack of confidence also is for me is a loneliness. When you feel helpless, you want to do something and you can't do these things. And uh, same time, if you are uh, in the same another country where you don't know the culture, the things, language barriers, too many things is a uh, call loneliness for me. I have I have lots of experience in um, business management in my own country. Uh, I've worked in several companies, but upon coming here, you know, when I when I kept applying for jobs and all, and I found myself applying for twenty jobs a day. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I'm not joking. Mm-hmm. Twenty applications a day. You know, it just felt like my experience didn't matter. I, it really it was a really sad period, and then that was when I volunteered for British Red Cross. I was I was going almost almost three times a week to the office, which I went to today. And then it was going there every day that gave me the that boosted my morale, that started making me feel like I was accepted in the workforce, even though I wasn't working, I was volunteering. Mm-hmm. But it made me feel like I had colleagues. I felt like I had a boss. You know, mm-hmm. I was always referring to my to my line man to my line manager as sir. And it was always like, well, you don't have to do that. I'm like, I really want to feel like I am working, I'm employed, you know? <laughs> so that was, what, that was what got me through it, uh, to, to be honest, volunteering. I will be honest about that, yeah. Yeah, I have also experience with the volunteering. So uh, I think you know the Mind Mental Health Charity. I am volunteering with them, with the refugee and asylum seekers. When I listen to people's stories and that time I am thinking, oh my God, they are more upset than me. And that mm. time I am feeling, I am, this This is my loneliness is nothing in front of them. And this, I know, right? Yeah. When you actually look at some people's situation, you're like, 
ayan na din ba? Yeah. And I think that's really important because I, I do remember when I volunteered mobility aid services at Red Cross. So we help um, rent out wheelchairs to people who have had issues with their legs or can't walk or things like that. And, you know, when, when I make these calls and then I'm able to offer help to these people who need wheelchairs at a very um, small donation, sometimes they're crying over the phone. And, you know, when you help them, it's like you've changed their life for the better. And I honestly, it honestly gives me this feeling of I'm, I'm fulfilled for the day. You know, even if you've had a bad day before, but once you've helped someone, I don't know, you, you tend to feel like, you tend to feel good, mm. you know, and I think I, I've actually learned a lot from you, from what you just said. Yeah, I always try to offer help to people. And I saw one day, I am not a very uh, strong man, but I try one, <laughs> um, two people were going with the log. It's a big log on the road. And both were so weak, old people. Oh. And uh, I feel, oh my God, how they are taking this log and they have to cross this road. So I am thinking I am not that much strong, but still I can help with them in between to hold this log. So I just ask them, can I help you? And they said, they watch me from up to down. <laughs> He is trying to help us, but the man was so appreciated. And then he said, "Okay, you can do it." And they really appreciate. I am thinking, if I wouldn't help this day today, I feel, oh my God. Yeah. I want to add one more thing here. Okay. For me, the past isolation and the loneliness was the when I was an asylum seeker and when I got refusal things and I don't have anyone who can help me and same time you are not getting legal aid things and that time you feel so isolated. When you receive the refusal letter straight away you making fresh claim or something you uh, and it's hard to know all the laws and things and when you get the refusal and you don't know what's going on with you and they will put you back 100 years back the all the letters the refusal letters and that time you feel so lonely yeah i try to uh, feel comfort uh, comfort with the reading all the laws and things so i read maybe 2000 case from the india and from different parts of the uh, world so i know how to do tackle with all these difficulties but same time, I feel so lonely because I am thinking maybe I am no okay. I am not doing good. It's the right path for me or no. But still, I am trying. Yeah. And I try not to worry about refusals because I am thinking this is the nature of home office. So they are trying to get rid of you. It make me so lonely and I am trying to run to the mosque, run to the charities and the churches. There is a, uh, one uh, person who told me to uh, he will make for you pray. And all the people from the church, they did 
pray for me. And they said, you are not going anywhere. We are asking our God and this, that things. <laughs> so, because uh, I feel this country is my own country. I never feel I never born here or things. I just felt I am here and this is my own country. And I will die for this country. <laughs> I don't think I've met a lot of people that are, that are as positive as you are. Thank you. I haven't been through so much. You are extremely positive. I have learned so much from you today, so much. You I also learned from you too much to how to tackle things <laughs> in funny way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in this difficult situation, is really hard how you are managing and thinking about positive, about your marriage and things. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. We're looking for more people to join this conversation. If you would like to get involved, please send us a message to 07-593-220-510 with your name and contact number, and we'll get back to you. Keep an eye or an ear out for episode two in the coming weeks. This project was funded by DCMS and produced by Paul Miles, Chris Walter and Pete Norton. Thanks for listening.